0: I love you, Lord, for your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. Shall we pray? Father, in the the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace and your mercies. We thank you that while we were yet criminals, while we were yet sinners, while we committed treason against you. You chose us, you preferred us, you liked us. You went the extra mile to give us Jesus. We thank you for the Holy Spirit. We thank you for angelic assistance. We thank you for the blood that speaketh better things over our life. We thank you for translating us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We thank you that you like us, that you choose us, that you prefer us, that you love us. We thank you that you leave the 99 to come after the one. We thank you that even though we gave you a thousand and one reasons not to choose us, you had one reason to accept us, to love us, and to come for us. We never take this for granted. We thank you most importantly that we can call you our father and that you call us your children. We pray that may Christ alone be exalted in our discussion tonight. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen wow today is a very important day for us today marks two years since we started this journey in the year 2020 and we thank god for the grace that he has been giving us every single week that god has been granting us his mercy god has been giving us a mana every single week we are missed and want to most importantly thank you especially those who have been with us right from the beginning when we started who told you (laughs) part one i want to appreciate all of us who have joined in between and are believing God that you will be with us still. God says our work is done. We want to appreciate all of you, especially those on the podcast, other podcast platforms, those on Spotify, those on Podbean, those on Apple Podcasts, those on Google Podcasts, even though our mother platform is a Telegram channel, the Household of the Father. We see the the, the numbers on all these other platforms. And we are really, really grateful to God. So tonight, even as we are celebrating our anniversary, I believe this is something that God wants us to, to discuss. God wants to remind us of. And God wants us to have embedded in our hearts, even as we enter a new season with God regarding this podcast. So we want to just share, hopefully, this will not be a series. It's an anniversary message. It's an anniversary message, hopefully. It will just be a one-part series. I want to just title a one-part episode, sorry. And what's the title to next episode? The gifts of God. The gifts of God. And let's go to James chapter 1, the verse number 16 and 17. James chapter 1, the verse number 16 and 17. It says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. Mr. James is communicating something to us. And before he communicates that thing to us, he's giving us a preamble that don't get this twisted. Do not be deceived, do not be gullible to ignorance. He says, Do not err, my beloved brethren. What does Mr. James don't want us to err about? And he's saying that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. This is an emphatic statement Mr. James is making. He says, Do not get this twisted, don't let anybody deceive you. Neither don't deceive yourself. The first thing you need to appreciate. Is that every good gift and every perfect gift is from above? Finish. It's from nowhere else. I have a gift or have these two qualities. Now it is good, it is from above. And come it down from the Father of us, with whom there's no variableness, neither shadow of terror. And as our birthday gift, our anniversary gift, we want to memorize James chapter 1, verse 16 and 17 for those who are not already. Familiar with the verse. So, verse 16, do not err, my beloved brethren. The verse 17, for every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. It coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. I like the way Mr. James is telling us something interesting about God. You know, Throughout Scripture, you see so many truths about God. And one of the truths that Mr. James is letting us appreciate in this reading is that. Every good and every perfect gift comes from above, and He lets us know who exactly above is this gift coming from. And He could have used any other adjective to describe God. He could have called Him the Father of Glory. He could have just called Him the Father. But He said the Father of Lights, and this is very interesting. I am. I think I'm listening to a spiritual instructor, and he's saying that using the scripture I said, "If God is the Father of Lights, that means that we are lights." Because if I see that. Mr. Sam is the father of the Dolles, or the father of the Quashis or the father of the Ousus, or the father of the Ados. It means that his children are called the Adus. So if James is saying that he is the father of lights, and we are his children, that means that James is also telling us who we are. We are light. And he says that every good and every perfect, gift comes from our father. And in this context, he's referring to us as light. And he goes on to say that, and this our father, there is no variableness, there's a constant. So if we are writing a mathematical equation for God, we use K, let K represent the constant. He's letting us know that this God, this Father, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change, rather, things change around him. So we mostly in our songs we say he's the ancient of days. He is not subject to time, he's not subject to society. He is not subject to generation ages. And the same for his word. That is why the word of God transcends culture, it transcends race, it transcends generation. The Bible that he gave us thousands of years ago is more relevant each and every day because there is no there is no variable. There is no variable in God. There is no X or Y with God. You know, when you're doing mastication, you say, find X, find Y. <laughs> and God is key, He's a constant. And you see that neither is there a shadow of pairing with God. There is no shadow, not even the reality, there is no shadow of pairing with God. One we look more detailed into this scripture, but we want to focus on the gift aspect of God. There are three things that are very interesting that this scripture is telling us. The first thing that this scripture is letting me know is that God is a gift giver. He gives gifts. He is a father who gives gifts. And the nature of his gifts have two important qualities. They are not just good, but they are perfect. You know, some gifts are very good, but they are not perfect. One of the ingredients that qualifies a gift to be perfect is timing. Because sometimes you can buy a very good gift for somebody, but not at the right time. And immediately the timing is wrong. It affects the perfectness of the gift. But James is letting us know that God does not give us, God does not just give us good gifts, He gives us gifts that are perfect for us, that are perfect for our season, that are perfect for the grace that He has made available to us. You know, I think in, in, in Romans, Paul says, each man receives different gifts according to the graces that he has given to us. So Romans 126 says, our gifts differ according to the graces. So, what is not a God that says because all of you are children, I'm giving all of you ten cards. No. So, in the, par- in the parable of the time, the Bible appreciates the fact that to every man he gave different gifts according to their abilities. We need to appreciate this thing about God. God's gifts are perfect. And when we are looking at the gifts, we put this thing in perspective. The next thing we need to appreciate about God regarding the scripture, or that's the third thing. So, the first thing is that he's a gift giver. The second thing is that he gives good and perfect gifts. The third thing about God's gifts is that there are no strings attached. You know, a gift is something we give freely without expecting any form of payment. So, an informal event to a gift is a freeze. So, we give them willingly to somebody without any form of payment or future strings. These are the issues with motivational words. Because of things like, you don't know where somebody will be tomorrow. So, when you are being good, you should be careful. Because tomorrow, the person you are looking down will be somebody big. That is not our motivation, or that is not God's motivation for giving gifts. He's letting us know that if he's giving gifts, there are no things attached. Like that. There are some places that we work at, I think, for example, the embassies. They don't receive gifts in any form, even if it's as cheap as a dollar. They know that the gift, no matter how minute or cheap it is, it has the ability to influence. Let's say I buy you a cap when I write on it, best worker or something and I'm coming for a visa, maybe the first time you decline, unless let's say as you declined me, when I give you the card, that, oh, just <laughs> to appreciate your effort. The next time I come, because of the act of kindness, in quotes I showed to you the other time, it is very likely to influence your decision. But the Bible is letting us know that, and that is why he refers to God in this as the father of light. There is no form of darkness or craftiness Well, secrecy with God. He's the father of light. He is as plain as day. There is neither a shadow of turning with God. There is no variableness with God. You know, when you're dealing with God, you are not really sure what God can pull up next time. You know, when you're dealing, when you're doing business with them, or when you're engaging, or when you're getting favor from them, they'll tell you that you owe me one. (laughs) And who betize you when they come for what you owe them? And you are not ready. But James is letting us know that our Father is a gift giver. And the gifts that he gives us, they are good and they are perfect. And they have no strings attached. That is why yet again the Bible says that it is the blessings of the Lord that make it rich and addeth no sorrow. It's very important because there are many access to riches that add some level of sorrow to it. But when it comes to the blessings or the riches that God gives you, there are literally no sorrows attached to it. And it's the same thing that Mr. James is letting us know, that we should have engrafted in our hearts as we are dealing with God, that we are dealing with a man who gives good and perfect gifts without any strings attached. And in Romans chapter 11 verse 29, Paul re-echoes the same thing, when he says the giftings and the callings of God are without repentance, that God is a gift giver. And tonight we are going to just focus, or we just want to remind ourselves of certain gifts that God has given to us. And this is very important because Paul, speaking to Timothy twice, he gave Timothy two very important advice. The first advice he gave Timothy was in 2 Timothy 1 verse 16 when he told Timothy that stir up the gifts of God that have been given unto you through the laying on of hands by the presbytery. So Paul is letting Timothy know, and by extension, is letting us know that we know that God gives gifts, good and perfect gifts. But the issue is that what are we supposed to do with these gifts? And he gives us two things. The first one that we are supposed to stir it up. And the second one is in 1 Timothy 4 verse 14 when Paul tells Timothy again that neglect not the gift of God. And this is our message to you on our anniversary, that stir up God's gifts and two, neglect not the gifts of God. So as I was just thinking about how far God has brought us, this is the word that God gave for us and for you. And we just want to quickly get ourselves through about six important gifts that we are not supposed to neglect and i'm sure by now we are appreciating where we are going now just for the sake of clarity, not to neglect means that do not take it lightly do not take it lightly do not abandon it so paul is telling timothy and god is telling us that the gifts are given to you do not take it lightly two do not abandon it these are the two components that you want to look at, that encompasses neglecting something. Because if somebody gives you a gift, the reason why you are abandon it, the reason why you will not use it, the reason why you will not appreciate it, the reason why you will not stir it up, is because you take the gift lightly. And the first gift that God wants to remind us that he has given to us is the gift of life. The gift of life. You know, Every time you hear that people die, but it has a different effect when it is people very close to us. And whenever somebody, I remember like if a classmate of mine or somebody dies, and I'm telling somebody, oh, have you heard this person is dead? And the person will go like, ah, I just saw the person last week, oh. I just saw the person yesterday, I saw the person at church. I'm like <laughs> why, how long do you think it takes to die? You know, mostly you have this mindset that, oh, before you are dying for one month, you must go into hiding. So we find it very difficult to appreciate that. Today you can see somebody at church and Monday you hear that person is gone. We need to appreciate that life is a gift from God. Nobody is a manufacturer or an originator of life. Nobody determined their existence in this life. It was not something you negotiated for. It was not something you paid for. It was not something you qualified for. It was something that God gave to you willingly without any strings attached. And all that God is expecting of you is to appreciate this gift, is to highly value it, and not to abandon this gift called life. And yet again, as I said, under the gate of Samaria, we need to be intentional with life. Do not take any day of your life for granted. Do not take any moment of your life for granted. Do not take any opportunity of your life for granted. This is what guarded Jesus every day that he lived. To the extent that when he was hungry and the opportunity came for him to utilize this gift of life, he put his hunger aside and he ministered to the woman at the well. And when his disciples into a surprise that ah, was this not the guy who was so hungry that he could not accompany us many of us do not appreciate but do not value life that is why we while away life as though nothing is at stake. we don't live with any sense of urgency i remember one time i think at church or so we were doing those um, knowing me knowing you kind of programs and the lady was like we put on a hot seat and we asked you and is a lady who has finished the university and she has finished a national service or so, something like that. I've forgotten the details. And I think they asked her that, oh, so where do you see yourself? Or well, what do you want to do with your life? And the, the passiveness by which she just raised the soul well, down, I don't know, we are just there. <laughs> you are just there. It's not as if we are saying that you must have everything figured out because you will never have everything figured out. In fact, when you think you have everything figured out, <laughs> Just what God has come to blow your plans. But you must live in a certain consciousness of something that God has given to you. The way she does, she know. well, me, I want to be like, let's say, a footballer. Somebody who is in an the academy. And you ask the person, oh, where do you see your football career? Oh, well, me, I just want to play football. If I get a good team, I'll just play. There is no sense of intentionalness and deliberateness with this person. That's because we are forgetting the fact that every day we are living to see is an opportunity. It's a good and a perfect gift that God has given to us. Just recently, a spiritual instructor in Ghana lost his first one son. And I remember when he was, um, um, I think the day the son died, the following day he had to preach. And I listened to his sermon very carefully. And I was listening to the words. And most importantly, the non-verbal communication that he was saying. And he made a very nice point. He was like, couldn't God have mercy? You no, know, because he knew that people on the outside may think that, well, he deserves it. But he knew that, actually, it is just by the mercies of God. And he was like, you know, let's say that maybe somebody has sinned, as you know, in African setting or something, Oh, uh, couldn't God have mercy? He said it with a particular tone. And I just sat down. And I was just thinking about the fact that, Charlie, we do not own life. No matter how comfortable you are in life, never forget that God has entrusted something into your heart. It's a gift. The way we live with a sense of authority. Eh? Do you know who i in Ghana? Do you know who my father is? Do you know who I am? I said, hey, relax. Life is a gift. The way some of us are so passive with our choices, playing the buffoonery, being so careless with life, being so careless with 24 hours. It just marvels me. But God is reminding us that stare at the gift I've given to you. Do not neglect this gift of life. Every day that you wake up, wake up with a certain sense of urgency that you must work the works of him who has sent you and you must accomplish it. Live every day with this mentality. Let this be what orients your life and what influences your choices. The next gift is the gift of Jesus. In John chapter 4 verse 12, Jesus referred to himself as a gift. Let's just read that scripture, John chapter 4 verse 20 the next gift that god has given to us that he does not want us to neglect is his son jesus so jesus speaking about himself said um john chapter 4 verse 10 jesus answered and said unto her if thou knowest the gift of god let's start from the verse line then said the woman of samaria unto him that's jesus how is that thou being a jew accept of drink of me which I am a woman of Samaria, for the Jews have no dealings with the Samaritans. Then Jesus answering her said, I don't the gift of God, who it is that said to you, give me the drink. So he said the gift of God, and he says, who? Oh, referring to himself. So he said, that if you appreciate the gift that God has given to you, who is the one asking you for water? You would rather ask him for, to give you to drink of the living water. I don't want to appreciate the fact that Jesus is a gift. And you all know John 3, 16, that for God so loved the world that he gave us Jesus. You see, many of us take Jesus for granted. And in Hebrews, I think, chapter 2, verse 4, he's saying that if the word that was given through angels had so much power and had so much authority back in it, that whoever disobeys or breaks the law was meted with punishment. Don't you I said how much more we if we trample on the gift of God, the grace of God, we need to appreciate Jesus. You see, I always make this statement. You know, one of the things that other religions criticize Christians is that we Christians we are judgmental. We use hell to frighten people, especially the 80s. They say we use hell to frighten people. That we go like if we don't believe in, in Jesus we will go to hell. And that is not the truth. I always say this, God does not take anybody to hell. We were already on the highway to hell because of Adam. Adam had predestined the entire human race to hell. It is God who is saving us by throwing us a lifeline. And the lifeline is Jesus. I like to call him the escape route of the Father. That is why whenever we present the gospel to you, and you reject the gospel, you are neglecting the gift of God. So in John, the Bible says that John speaking about that. Behold the lamp of God, or behold the gift of God, that taketh away the sin of the world. Why then do you choose to suffer for the things that Jesus has already paid for? Why then do you decide to subject yourself to slavery rather than to enjoy the kinship and the sonship that Jesus has brought for us. It's one of the things that so depresses me is that when I see people who every week, week in, week out, week in, week out, we participate in church, we are involved in religious activities and yet we don't appreciate Jesus by looking at their lives with them. I ask myself, so why do these people bother coming to church? If at the end of the day, you are still going to live the same life you have lived. There is no difference. There is no transformation. You have not allowed Jesus to transform your life. You are neglecting. You are trampling on the gift that God has given to us. And he's saying that this gift is irrespective of tribe, of place, of generation, of culture, of anything. It's a gift of God. So why then is it so hard for you to live your life for the one who died for you? The third gift I want us to appreciate is the gift of of the Holy Spirit. And this one, there are so many scriptures, especially in the book of Acts, where the Holy Spirit was referred to as the gift of God. But we just focus on Acts chapter 2, verse 13. There are so many of these verses. But let us read one or two verses. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let's just take one more. There are so many of these verses in the book of Acts, but let's just take one more. Acts chapter 10, verse 45. Peter again speaking. And he says, let's have on the verse 44. While Peter yet spoke these words, and this was when Peter was ministering to Cornelius and his household. So while Peter yet spoke these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all those who heard the word, verse 45. And they of the circumcision we believe were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Spirit. The next gift that God doesn't want us to neglect is the gift of the Holy Spirit. Two million of us are living defeated and disadvantaged lives as though we were Offense. But Jesus said, that "I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I'm not going to leave you as street children. I'm not going to leave you disadvantaged in this wicked world. In this world, there are trials of many kinds. But be of good cheer, because I'm not going to leave you as an orphan." You see, if you see the way rich kids behave, they live with a sense of confidence because they know who their father is. If you meet a rich kid, come and look at me. I'll show you. I'll show you how we behave. Everything my father, everything my mother, everything my father. They have a certain sense of deep security, knowing that nothing evil shall befall them that their father cannot deliver them from. But we Christians live as though we are street children because we are neglecting the gift of a comforter, of a counselor, of a standby, of an intercessor, of a teacher. Look at the way some of us are so comfortless in life. Look at the way some of us wallow in self-pity. The way some of us complain. The way some of us are being bamboozled by the elements of life. As though we are street children. The rain beats us. The, the sun shines upon us. We are literally begging. We are literally living from hand to mouth. As though we are offered. When Jesus clearly stated, I'm not going to leave you as street children. I am sending my right hand man who is a comforter. Allow yourself to be comforted. Do not go through pains of life alone. Who is a teacher? Why are you still ignorant? Why are you still living a life of ignorance when you have a teacher? Allow yourself to be strengthened. Why do you keep falling for temptation and keep using the same excuses? Because you have neglected the strengthener that is by your side. You have an advocate, somebody to stand in the gap for you. Because you neglect the gift of the Holy Spirit. So there is no difference. We are going for interviews, we are writing exams, and we shake like a leaf. And people who are having beats are more confident than we who have the Creator of the universe abiding in us, the Holy Spirit, because we neglect Him, because we take Him lightly. We don't know how advantageous we are to have a Holy Spirit to us. We don't know how advantageous we are to have the Spirit of God dwelling in us. Look at Jesus, it's as though he was a normal man for 30 years, immediately this Holy Spirit came upon him, he turned into a different man, and Jesus came to live with the Holy Spirit to teach us how we should live, that in terms of scarcity. We turn water into wine. In terms of hopelessness like Lazarus, we call forth the death. In terms of limitation, we multiply bread and fish. In every situation, it's as though Jesus had the cheat code to life. And having the Holy Spirit is having the cheat code to life. We can cheat our way in life. He's our advantage. He's our advocate. You go to interviews or you go for pitches with a certain confidence, knowing that I got my daddy, my side. But we live so much disadvantaged life because we have neglected. Look at the way we we shake when we are going to write Adam's. It's as though we have no teacher. The gift of life, the gift of Jesus, the gift of the Holy Spirit. The next gift, which I think I'll dwell on a little bit more, is the gift of people. And I've grouped this one into three groups of people. The first group is the gift of family. The second group is the gift of friends. And the third group is the group of people I call path crosses. Path crosses. You know, one of the choices that we never get to make in life is our family. Nobody chooses his mom, his dad, his siblings, his uncle, his nephew, his niece. That is a choice that God has already made for you. And it's a gift. Appreciate your family. Do not neglect your family you know one day i was talking to my mom and she made a statement i know she doesn't made it in person but after the call i really sat down and it seems as though my mom was saying that i did not value her as the way i'm supposed to just you the way you need money they are calling me something like that and i really felt very sad that this is a gift that god has given to me and i was neglecting it so i made up my mind that hey even though it took a while before she could really be, believe that when I call her, it, it's not for money or any of those things. But because I want to enjoy the gifts that God has given to me. You know, one thing about family is that they are, their importance is only seen in their absence. You see, it's like a child. Many of us, we don't appreciate the role of parents in our lives. We have no idea the things our parents shield us from, the things our parents cover us for until we lose them. And you realize how vulnerable you are in this life. It's like the prodigals stand. Little did he know that the resources you have, they are, they finish, they can finish. Because in his father's house, always the fridge is stuck. Always the, 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 the wine, the wine collection is always being replenished. You know, it's like, I think I screwed on social media that it is when you grow up and you realize that things like toiletries, things like curtains they do not come with the house you know because for us whenever we wake up there's a new toothpaste in there in the bathroom how the toothpaste gets there we don't know we don't care every day there's food in the kitchen there are toiletries there's this there's that so you don't appreciate the fact that it takes money to put these things over there Because you know when you the toilet toiletry gets finished it's always been replaced until you grow up and you start paying bills you don't know like, every day my father's offering lights He goes to the kitchen, hey, what's the life on? You know, because we used to appreciate all these things. But until you start paying bills, then you literally, the air you breathe, you have to pay for it. Then you appreciate the gift of a family. You never know how vulnerable you are in life until you have no family. The next important group of men is the gift of friends. It is so important. So important. You know, i remember some years ago i used to listen to spiritual instructors and used to talk about friends that there are three types of friends There are those who come in your life for a season There are there are very few people who stay with you throughout life those people if you are even if you have one in your life you are blessed to have them then some people to say well, we have three types of friends you know everybody has a a, a way they put something um oh i forgot the illustration some say, we have ego friend, this friend, vulture friend, some kind of friend, those type of things. But one thing that passes through all of them is that they have, we have a group of friends that are excellent friends. And if you are blessed to have two or three of them in your life, you are good to go. I used to despise that thing because when I look in my life, I can count at least 20 excellent friends. But I was a novice. I remember one day, there was something, an opportunity, or there was something then, I had to invite five people and I was so angry because I said, ah, Me alone, Charlie, I have friends. Like, I'm a well connected person. So, five days is not going to be enough. I remember I lobbied, I did Charlie to increase the number to about seven. Then finally, I was able to increase the number to about 10. And I spoke to this, my friend, that Charlie, Charlie, that, oh, I've been able to lobby for you. Charlie, come, 10 people. I said, On that day, only two people showed up. Only two out of my ten excellent friends. I was I was hurt like never before. So initially, I thought I will not really ask them. And none of them bothered to even take up the phone and say anything when they all knew very well how I, in quotes, labored to get them those opportunities. <laughs> I was so hurt. But I'm like, if I allow this thing to stay in my heart, you know, it's not going to be good. So I started texting them. Naturally, what's up? I thought you say, I told you about this. Why didn't you show up? Ha! Eight of them came up with excuses. It blew my mind. Fantastic excuses. Then I said that, when the Bible says something, a man did a wedding feast and he invited people, and all the people he invited, none of them showed up. That he had to go to the streets and invite the people on the streets. I know when the Bible says something, don't undermine I thought I was a man with friends until I got to situations and you realize that literally there is no more than one or two people you could call and something I valued so much thinking that my 10 other excellent friends would so value these things the excuses they gave it blew my mind and hey and for one of them I was like you know what this thing means to me and one time this is the excuse you could give. But yet again, I was a nurse. I remember not long after, and nothing came, and I spoke to people, let's go down, let's do this thing, let's go there, do this thing. Everybody will do this part, and then, oh, you do, you do, you do. And occasionally, will be giving them reminders. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Nobody showed up. Nobody did their part. Less than I think about two, days again, about two or three of them, and I just sat there. And I remember, and the Holy Spirit reminded me of all those sermons I used to hear about having the importance of having a Peter and a James and a John, that at the cross of Jesus was only John. I look back and I started, from that moment up till now, it really had an effect on me. I'm really, really peculiar about people, about friends. Because you would realize that many people, after that moment, I really took a stock of my life and I evaluated my friends, and I realized that a lot of them, I cannot say something that they have contributed to my life, that most of them are in my life just to take away. Many of them, their calling and their messages is like parasites, that is there to drink, that even times when I just need them to be present, they could not be present. And when they, even when circumstances, when they are even present, is because it is for their benefit that they could not come up with any other excuse. I remember I sat there and I said, Hey, I now appreciate the effect or the power of loneliness that you can be in the midst of people and yet have nobody turn up for you. I used to remember how I'm always the one people call whenever they need anything, I'm like the connector. But when I needed people to connect me, not literally, and I saw fantastic excuses, and I got to know that, Charlie, if you have two or three people, two or three James and Johns and Peters in your life, you are blessed. Because on such moment, I could not count more than two people in my life. And I realized that, oh, so right now, my eye has creed. That is the gift of people that we need to appreciate. And I look at the Bible, and I realize that many of the people, like Daniel, had only three friends, like David, who was his friend Jonathan. Apart from that, the rest were army commanders and valiant men, the gift of people. So when God gives you certain important friends, value them, don't neglect them. And I've seen familiarity kicking me out of people's life. And I just look. I said, "Huh?" When the Bible says something, never despise it. The gift of people. we neglect friendships the way we neglect people in our life it's amazing and i just sat back and i remembered one time i went to one spiritual instructor and he said that when he was getting married he was a pastor he had started his ministry not long ago he said on his wedding day nobody was there for him all the men of god invited the big men at that time nobody showed up and he said he remember that before he got married when it was people's wedding it's just members their wedding People used to come and sweep the church, do decoration, but on his wedding day, when he got to the church with his suit waiting for his bride, he got into a filthy church. Nobody came to clean the church. So he had to remove his suit and sweep the auditorium himself. When I listen to Star stories, I used to despise them as a oh, oh, Charlie, not me. He says nobody was there. So there's one particular man who he calls his father. He says, that this man is my father not necessarily because he's um, he gave birth to me or he led me to Christ, but he said that the day he lost his father nobody came to be there with him but that man of God he said the day that his church building was destroyed by what he believes by some political conspiracy to break his church down he says when that thing happened nobody was there but that same man of God stood by him he said he remembered that when that incident happened, that man of God called him and said, I've heard this has happened. He said, yes, he said, relax, don't move. I am coming there. He says those two incidents that that man of God did for him, he would forever see that man as a spiritual father. And I used to despise this thing. But I got to realize that there are times you can be standing in certain situations and all you need are people's presence and nobody will be there for you. Learn to value the people that God gives you. So since that time, and since I experienced loneliness, I always made up my mind that there are certain occasions I will just show up, just show up. Just being there is a lot. Just being there means a lot to people. The gift of people, the gift of friends. Do not neglect it. And the second category are path crosses. There are many people also that God will bring your life, like as I like to say, like David and Jonathan. Jonathan was not going to be with David for a long time. We know that Jonathan died. But then for that brief moment, Jonathan played a key role and David forever remembered and appreciated Jonathan. That even when he became king, he said that, "Is there someone in the house of Saul that I might show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Because if it was left to Saul alone, the man would torment his life. But David appreciated the role of jonathan and there are certain people in your life they will come for just a brief moment but don't neglect them remember to say thank you for them do not take them lightly do not neglect them the last but one gift god wants us not to neglect is the gift of enjoying the fruits of your labor ecclesiastes 3 verse 15 ecclesiastes 3 verse 15 And I read, Ecclesiastes 3, verse 13, sorry. Or let's start from the verse 12. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor. For it is a gift of God. Verse 13 again. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of his labor. It is a gift of God ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse 15. every man also to whom god had given riches and wealth and had given him the power to eat thereof and to take his portion and to rejoice in his labor is a gift of god you know these scriptures made sense to me the day i lost my dad because i remember the day my dad built a very wonderful stone building i remember those times when we used to visit the sites we used to say, oh, this will be my bed. I remember I said I wanted a room by the back door so that when I'm sneaking out of the house, I can sneak out in peace. So oh, yeah, we'll have family dinner. Yeah, we'll do this. I remember those days. And just when the mansion was finished, or about to get finished, my dad fell sick. And in a year, he left. And I just look back about how this man was like, next year, I'm going to, no, two years' time, I'm going to retire. Then I will enjoy the fruit of my labor. And for over, what, 40 years, my dad lived for a particular life for us. And he never got to enjoy it. You know, just, I remember when I finished, when I started working, I realized that ah, every month I am making this amount of money, which is very good. But there are a lot of things I'm enjoying. Like if I say I want to buy a new shoe or I want to buy something, I realize it takes me a longer period to buy the thing. Because I work, and the money I get, instead of me to enjoy the money, don't get to enjoy it always there's something you have to send money, you have to do you have to do this so at the end it's as though you are working for somebody else or you are working for every other thing but for yourself there are many people who are working but they are never enjoying the fruit of their labors there are many who are investing everything they have into their children that they may never enjoy the fruit of their investments there are many who are invested into buying the land into buying the house into getting a car into paying the fees of their children so that at age 60 when they finally retire they can have some 20 years 30 years 15 years to enjoy but they never have the opportunity to and you see it's when you start working and you that's one thing that you need to appreciate about parents because parents wake up every day When, when you start working you really appreciate the effort it takes in making money and just for them to literally give all their money to their children they are doing many things that they themselves they would have wanted to buy, but they could not have bought. Your father could have bought a Range Rover, but because of your education, he chose your education. He chose you. He chose buying you comfort. He chose giving you comfort over certain things. Your father also had dreams. Your mother also had dreams, but he chose your dreams over his dreams. And there are many times that people make all sorts of investments that they never get to enjoy. And it is just is reminding us that whenever you labor and you are able to enjoy the fruit of your labor, it is a gift of God. Do not take it lightly. Do not neglect it. Do not take it for a joke. Appreciate God for the ability to work and to enjoy the fruit of your labor. Some of us are really working hard, but the bills take all our money. And the day maybe your phone or your laptop gets spoiled. You have to stay for like one year. So it's like always oh, I'm going to work, always in Accra traffic, always you're hustling. But you just cannot afford a good time out on a holiday when we begin to do the calculations. And for many of us, we get all these things and we lose sight of the fact that they are gifts from God. So we neglect it. We complain. It's a blessing to be able to work and enjoy the fruit of your labor. It's a blessing to be able to invest in your children and watch them become and watch them fulfill the dreams of God for their life. It's a blessing that we take for granted and we end up complaining about every other thing. The last gift that God wants us not to neglect are our abilities, our talents, our skills, our graces. Our abilities, our talents, our skills, and our graces. You know one of the reasons why this podcast came to life was because I do not want to neglect the teaching grace that was upon my life. The Bible says that a man's gift would make room for him. So even if there is no space, your room creates space for you and it will make you stand before great men because you yourself will be a great man. But because we are neglecting our abilities, you are neglecting your graces, you are despising it. You are a good communicator, but you are despising it. Your ability to flow with people, you are taking it for granted. Your ability to do certain things, your skills, your graces, you are despising it. You wish you had somebody else's ability. Because of that, you are neglecting it. You are not staring it up, You are not maximizing it. You have abandoned it. Because you are looking at every other thing you lack, forgetting the gifts that God has given to you. Tonight's episode, is so that you do not neglect the gifts of God. And God has given us these seven gifts. Do not neglect your life. Do not neglect Jesus. Don't take Him lightly Live for Jesus. Worship Jesus. Declare His name wherever you go. Do not neglect the Holy Spirit. He is our advantage. Stop living a life of pity, but use Him to your advantage. Do not neglect people give you. Value friendship. Value your family. Value your mother. Value your siblings. Value your friends. Value the people that come into your life for a moment. Hold on to friendship. I think one you have to do a whole teacher. Hold on to friendship. Sometimes I look at the way people despise me. And I'm like, hey, was this not the very person? I said, wow, neglect not the gift of liberty and enjoying the fruit of your labor. You know, Corona taught us the importance of work. At a point, we all just wanted to go to work. We were just tired of sleeping. So the work we used to complain about, we never knew that work was actually a gift of God. The ability to wake up every morning and hustle and prepare breakfast, that it is a gift. And most importantly, when you are able to enjoy the fruit of your labor, when on a holy day, you are able to take yourself out you and friends are able to meet and you are able to have share love dance, eat music go on the road trip enjoy the food of your labour travel when you are having these things you take it for granted and you rather complain that I don't have a car like this I don't have a shirt like this I don't have a wife like this you have the ability to work and at least you eat to your satisfaction So you eat and drink you take it for granted and the last thing that you take your abilities for granted you take your skills for granted. You are like that man with the one talent. You are rather hiding your skills. And because you are taking for granted, that's why many of us on that, we act out now. You don't have an idea the ability that God has interested in If you are interested in it, you will spend time in investigating what are the abilities that God has given you to you. Make it your aim that this month will not end. without you having a detailed inspection of your life to at least note down all the abilities that you know currently that God has given to you. And ask yourself, how are you stirring them up? If you want, so if you are able to find five, one, two, ask yourself, so the gift to do this, how am I using it? The gift to do this, how am I using it? The gift to do this, how am I using, this, am I using this? And this podcast was birthed because I didn't want to neglect, really didn't want to neglect the gift of God. We just want to spend some time in prayer. That Father, every gift that you have given us, some of us, you don't value our mother because we felt like they didn't buy us that phone. They can't buy us a car. Our friends, their parents are buying them cars. As for you, you are still picking public transport. So because of that, you don't value your mother. Eh? My friends, their mother bought them a house in their wedding day. As for you, you are still selling your mother money. You are not valuing them. You are not valuing the friendship you have. You are not there for you do not show up on your wedding. You do not show up at your phone or the level. You do not show up. I want to just pray to God that Father, every gift you have given to me, I don't want to neglect it. I don't want to neglect the gifts, the graces, the ability to sing, the ability to organize, the ability to be an administrator, the gift of helps. not doing nothing in the church. The ability to usher, the ability to pray, the ability to comfort, the graces and the skills that God has given to you, All you know is to know that they exist. But there's little nothing that you are doing to stir them up. But this very evening, God is reminding us that do not neglect the gift I've given you. Your life is a gift. Do not neglect your life. Invest into your life nourish your life do not take your life for granted may you pray to god our father may we start every gift you have given unto us may you start every gift you have given unto us in the name of our lord jesus, we thank you for the gift of life we thank you for the gift of jesus we thank you for the gift of the holy spirit we thank you for the gift of family the gift of friends Thank you for the gift to labor and to enjoy the fruit of our labor. Thank you for the graces, the skills, the analytical mind you have given us, the talents you have given us, the ability to communicate, the ability to organize, the ability to be good with music, the ability to get things done. Father, we appreciate these gifts. We thank you that you are a good God, that every gift you have given us is good. And it's perfect for us. We appreciate you for this gift. We pray for grace that we will stand up the gift of God. We will stand up every ability. We will stand up every friendship, every dead friendship that we need to stand up. Father, we pray for grace to stand them up in the name of our Lord Jesus. And even as we are enjoying our second anniversary, we want you to join us. Even as we pray for this podcast, we are believing God that Father, everything that you have given to us as a podcast, may we accomplish it, may we make the works of him who has sent us while it is day. may we labor, may we work, may we do the will of you who are sent us. We pray for grace that whatever desire, whatever your intention for renew your mind podcast, it can be passed to the glory of God the Father. Father, we thank you, we thank you. Just spend some time thanking God. He said, God. His gifts, thank God that is a God who gives good and perfect gifts. He's a God who gives good and perfect gifts without any strength attached. We thank you that you are the father of light. In you there is no variable, no shadow of pain, We thank you for this podcast. We pray that we continually enjoy the generosity of our father in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen. Wow, we have shared so much, and we are hoping that you will join us in celebrating our two-year anniversary, even as you invite more people to renew their minds, not with new age information, but with the word of God. And do this for us as an anniversary. Make sure that you own man, man and you give God your best, even as you stare up and not neglect any gift that God has given to you. See you next week, as we begin a new phase of our new season. In the name of our Lord Jesus, Amen.